ready to kick off the year with inspiration and motivation, if this is your year to pivot careers and make a living doing what you love, you're in the right place. In this episode, it's like you're right here with us, lettering artist Stefan Kunz and me, huddling together to share insights on career pivots, navigating uncertainty, and reflecting on the best moments of the year. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Open Studio. I'm your host, Martina Flor, and in this podcast, I share strategies and tactics to, to propel your career as a lettering artist or illustrator. Today, we're wrapping up the year with a special episode featuring the one and only Stefan Kunz. Stefan was the first guest on this podcast, and he's back 125 episodes later, which is crazy. If you're not familiar with Stefan, he's not just a learning artist, but also an influencer and animator. Stefan has successfully navigated transitions and pivots in his career multiple times. And in this episode, we are diving into the valuable insights he shares about navigating uncertainty, embracing patience in pursuing dreams, and the art of building a massive, a massive following on social media. Stay tuned for Stefan's recipe for going viral on social media and join us as we reflect on the best things that happen in our lives this year. Without further ado, let's jump into this end of the year huddle with Stefan Kunz. Hello, Stefan. How are you doing? Hi. So good to see you. It's good to see you too. It's been a while. It's been a while. So you were one of the first ones to come onto my podcast. And first, I want to say thank you so much for that uh, that vote of trust that you gave me that first on that first episode. That because that was my first episode ever in the podcast, and you were in and, it. So and now, like one hundred something episodes later, you come back for a, a New Year's huddle. So I appreciate that. It's my honor to be the first person that you asked to be on your show, and to be now two years later to be asked to come again. That's a huge honor. That's awesome. So I wanted to, as I, as I was just mentioning, I wanted to have a little bit of a, a end of the year huddle with you. You know, we have known one another for years now. Um, mm -hmm. We have had conversations outside this podcast. Uh, we have been in touch through WhatsApp. You know, like we, um, from time to time, we share like business insights or, or tips. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to know a little bit about where you're at right now with your creative journey, also with your business. I know a couple of things happen in your personal life, so we're going to talk about this as well and just have a conversation about how things have been in during this year, but also how are we looking forward for next year, right? And I, I'm, yeah. I'm wondering right now, I know that I do this, but I wonder if this is something that you do, like kind of making a year balance. Because I know that a lot of our listeners are in that stage right now. And I wonder mm -hmm. if you do that. I do. Um, so it's a loaded question. There's so, so many things to unpack in, mm. yeah. <laughs> in what you just said. So to start off, I had a crazy year in terms that I transitioned from lettering to animation. So that was kind of like this unpredicted thing that happened this year. I didn't think about it. I didn't plan on it. It wasn't in the back of my mind. It's just something that happened and it came out of nowhere, which was 
absolutely insane. And I look back on this mm. year and I just think, how was this possible? Because I, I showed it to a friend this at lunch today. And I showed him this post that I did. It's it's a it's a reel that I posted and like the first reel that I uploaded this year. It was in January, and it said, "Start now." It was an animation, a write-on animation of "Start now," and I posted that one. And I'm like, if you're looking for a sign to get started, this is it. Do it. I'm going to learn yeah. a new skill, animation, and in like 2023, making this my priority. I didn't really think of it as much, but. A couple weeks, months later, I was teaching already my first boot camp, teaching other people how to do animation. And, and to do that transition, of course, you can't just necessarily go from learning a new skill, teach it right away to 250 students. Um, I have a track record of teaching people. So I've been doing this for several years now. And, and it's just been a perfect transition. With that came new jobs I like this year I've done more animation projects than lettering projects and so that switch also came in really rapidly and and I'm looking into to the next year to to just wanting to continue that more like I th I'm not sure if we talked about it like just looking at the title from our last uh, conversation motivation and self-sabotage I think I remember in 2022 at uh, the beginning of 2022 I was not sure of what I like what the future is going to be or what it's going to look like and and I, I knew that lettering is not going to be the thing that I'm going to do forever uh, it's something that I learned and I have a huge passion for but at the same time it's also something that just evolves and I evolve I as a person creative evolve and so I needed to find a new challenge something that really um, put me out of my comfort zone where I could learn new things and and that was this year and i look back on the last especially the last three months where it's been extremely hectic with a lot of client projects with a lot of new things that i was learning and waking up at 5 a.m in the morning going to work at like 5 30 being in the in the studio and and just focusing drilling down on on what i was working on on all the different projects and just enjoying it so much and that's something that i haven't felt in the last three four years as much like I have had these these past projects, but again, just looking back on on that side, cr incredible. That's uh, it's interesting because I was going to ask you that exact question um, uh, later on. I, I I saw I saw you changing throughout the year, and um, and I was wondering, you know, like when I look back to your path as a creative, like I remember that you you made a couple of transitions. I remember that you started with with your uh, typo, um, photo typo project, mm -hmm. right? Where you were um, kind of combining photography with typography. Later yeah. on, you transition onto, you transition onto lettering and more like mural work. Um, so I remember you creating a lot of murals uh, at that time. And now you're going onto a new transition, which is going from lettering to, to yeah, from lettering to animation, right? Exactly. And I wonder what, what are the things that you experience because I, I work, and you know this, I work inside my, my academy with a lot of creatives and many of them actually come to us because they are in the search of more creativity in their life. Uh, we work with a lot of graphic designers, illustrators, just creative people who are thinking mm -hmm. like, hey, I want to have more creativity in my life. Maybe lettering is that um, that thing that I'm looking for. And they start a journey uh, where they 
you know, some of them end up like pivoting careers and just starting a completely new path, right? And I know that in this, in this, um, in this path or in this journey, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questioning and there's a lot of uh, imposter syndrome as well. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, you know, and I know, I know that many of our listeners are looking up to you and saying like, oh, you know, Stefan seems to have everything figured out. And he, he so seamlessly goes from lettering to animation to photography. And, and like there was no imposter syndrome in between. There was no question in between. So I wonder what were some of the things that you experienced in that, in that uh, transition um, throughout this year? Yeah, so to get... All the way back, I've done a couple of these moves. Like I, mm. when I was growing up in like in in like primary school, I loved drawing. Like I was drawing all the time, and I was drawing like houses. Then I, at some point, I was drawing like products. I was drawing like characters, and so I, I had these transitions in the drawing world. But then I transitioned from drawing to more doing filmmaking. So I, I started to get into filming, uh, editing, to to directing like music videos. That was one of the my my school projects that I did for like uh, high school, and and so I learned these skills. And after filming, I I went into photography just because of the the, the sheer amount of time that I've had on the side. Like I. I went like I started my job as a banker, um, but on the side I wanted to be, still do something creative. So I started photography because that's the only way I was able to have an output. Because otherwise, with filmmaking and working full time, you you realize that you could only finish a project pretty much every month or every three, four, five yeah. months, and that time was like just investing so much time in one project was too much. Um, yeah. And at some point, like photography took over. I, I was shooting weddings. I was doing portraits i was doing a lot in photography like i won the nikon prize uh wedding prize for for best uh, wedding photographer and oh, and it wow. was i didn't know this that's crazy <laughs> I, have, I, I have a certificate but the fun story behind that one is i was always shooting with nikon so all my camera gear is nikon uh, nikon it's canon and i won the nikon prize for best wedding photographer which is kind of like the odd thing so sometimes you just need to apply and participate i i never thought i would win it but it was funny just because i had one photo for actually a, a couple in germany that i i took wedding po- uh, photos of and they they just paid the the travel uh, for me the traveling part and so I was excited to be tr- able to travel as a photographer in in our circle of photographers that just meant like whoa he's huge he gets to travel to do photos <laughs> and and the backside you never saw that I wasn't paid for that that's side note that's going off on a tangent um, but but going back to that so I got into the the wedding photography side photography in in general. And I pushed those limits and tried to get better and better. But at some point, I realized like I was doing this full time on the side as well. And I realized like I want to do something different. And so that's kind of like where I started to mix Instagram. Like what I was doing on Instagram was using an app, like doing graphic design, using fonts and to put that on top of an image. And at some point I realized like, oh, this is blocking me. The app only had like 10 fonts. I need to start drawing and so I kind of like transitioned out of a need necessity mm. I, I went into drawing my letters and that's how I got into lettering without knowing that lettering was a thing without being it a hype and 
and the transition into animation was something like I was waiting to transition to something new. I was waiting to do that. I, I would have loved to have done it at the end of 2020. Um, that would have been the ideal moment for me to just jump into the next thing, but it didn't happen and it took me just some longer time. And I think it's necessary for other people to hear. I love for other people to, uh, to, to hear that because I would have loved to hear that myself. Like sometimes the time to move on, to move into the next thing doesn't happen right away when you want it. Mm. And so there is a time where you need to just wait it out and keep on doing, keep on writing what you're like, what you're doing right now. That might be a job that you're working right now. It might be like your transition into freelancing is maybe not at the point where you want it to be right now. And so wait it out. Um, and, and then the transition into animation was like, I started to, to draw out something and, and to work out a, a little animation. The first thing that I posted was like terrible, didn't think much of it, but then I, I went back to someone that I saw on Instagram that inspired me and I was like, uh, his name is DeMatthew and he creates these logo animations for brands that he usually doesn't work for them, but he creates these animations for these specific brands um, and, and it's a viral concept in itself. Like the, the way he posts these posts and makes these reels, very viral uh, content. And he, his posts have always or very often gone viral and so I thought, why not do something very similar but in my own style, trying to do something that I want to do. And, and so I got started with a shoe and with a simple concept and didn't think too much of it, but just worked it out and then filmed it similar to the, the way he did, posted that, and it got like a couple hundred thousand views. And I'm like, whoa, all right, this is crazy. Let me do another one. The week following, I did another one, got also a couple hundred thousand views. And, and then suddenly it hit millions of views. And I was like, this is insane. And like for the first time in a very, very long time, like in two years, I didn't grow on, on Instagram. I was kind of like plateauing more, declining than anything else. And then suddenly I see that increase, that bump. And then over the couple of months, like I saw over this year, I saw 220,000 new followers on Instagram. I saw 150 plus thousand of new followers or even more on on YouTube um, or almost 200,000 more followers on YouTube and on TikTok also 150,000. So I grew like, I grew like crazy. It, the yeah. whole business changed, but a lot of things didn't change. And yeah, yeah looking back like the that, it's crazy. It's so interesting that you, you, you pay a lot of attention to that to like the response you get on Instagram. And I wonder what, uh, why that has become your metric. What is, where the, is it coming from? Um, it's a secondary metric. So the first metric that I have is whether or not I'm interested. Like if mm -hmm. I am curious about learning that and if I go on, on Pinterest and I see something, I'm like, whoa, how did they do that? Like the curiosity is sparked at a level that I just can't comprehend it and I need to break it down. So that's kind of like the first metric. That is the most important one. That is my drive. It's the thing that allows me to do something. But then the second metric, it's more like an after metric. It's like, oh, actually that went well. Can I improve that? Can I improve what I did and push that even further? Hmm. And so that's kind of like where, um, or like even just for me to say like, same thing with business. If you release a product that people won't buy, like the, the initial investment, like I had courses, for example, the 3D masterclass is a course that I love and I love to teach and one, one of my best courses that I've ever made. The response, however, wasn't that great. 
in terms of like people didn't buy it. People who bought it loved it. They rave about it. But the thing is, it's by far not the most profitable course that I've done. Like my pro- most profitable courses has been lettering and Procreate. And so I realized like, of course I can push and do more 3D and stuff like that. But at some point it's like, it's not viable for me as a artist, as a freelancer, as a creator, business person to push that even further. And with the animation that I saw where like the reactions were great, people loved that. People wanted to learn how to do that. I realized like, well, this is great. This is a great metric as a secondary. So reaction is more of a secondary metric than the first one. It's, it's super interesting because I think for those that are listening, I'm trying to, in a way, translate what what is the system that you use to prove something effective and in a way profitable and something that you want to pursue um, onto those that are listening because you have a particularity that is that you work primarily for an audience, right? You you work for that, that audience, you cater for that audience, and you also sell to that, that audience. You just mentioned that you have this um, these online courses and these these classes that you um, that you sell to your audience, right? And and for you testing something online or on Instagram particularly where you have a big following is a way for you to, to understand whether this is something they, they would like to buy from you or they, they are interested in, in, um, in seeing more of and learning more, right? And, and I think that when I, when I try to um, capture this in a concept, I think that it brings me back to one thing that I often discuss about with with students and coaches of my programs that is you you always need to find that overlap between of course what you love doing which is what Mm -hmm. you just mentioned first you need to be interested in this i mean Mm -hmm. um, at the end you're trying to build something that makes you happy right and um and you be you need to be interested in in something and at the same time you need to you know in order to to make a living with it and and be successful as an artist, you need to find that perfect overlap between that thing that you love doing mm-hmm. um, and what people want from you. And I think you use Instagram as, as this tool to give you that information about, okay, this is what I like doing now, or this is what I'm testing now, and this is what I'm, you know, how I'm expanding my creative uh, horizons, mm-hmm. right? Now, if people, is interested in this and they want more, then I'm kind of finding the overlap, right? And this is where you can, as an artist, um, make a living and, and, and sustain your livelihood, right? Um, and for those that are listening, I'm thinking like how, what are, you know, what are the, the things that you can use or the, the different channels that you can use to test the interest in clients or audiences, right? Um, in your case, it's Instagram. You can also see what are the things um, in your portfolio that resonate more uh, with uh, with certain clients, right? Mm-hmm. Or with a certain niche, right? But mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really interesting this, this system that you have to just, you know, expand your creative yeah. um, your creative skills and at the same time find that perfect overlap between what people is interested um, or what they want from you right yeah. and I want to go back to to something that you mentioned before um, you were you know we were speaking about this the fact that you have transitioned a couple of times and 
And, you know, transitioning from one thing to another, I don't know how it is for you, but I, I've also transitioned a couple of times in my career. Um, and transitions are not a very comfortable place to be. Um, and I don't know if this is something that you experience uh, personally, but I, I do experience, um, yeah, a certain discomfort when, when I'm transitioning. And I, I feel it, I, I notice it, and I can identify it. Um, and I wonder what are the things that you, if you feel, if you feel that discomfort, what are the things that you implement or put in place to just sit it out? In a way, you were mentioning before that mm -hmm. whenever you want to make a change, a transition in your career, a, um, a change in your, in your creative skills, uh, sometimes it doesn't happen right away, right? Yeah. Um, so how do, you, how do you manage that transitioning phase? The hardest part for me in the transition phase is kind of like the way you go down, back down to more something that isn't interesting. Like if I quickly change here in the overhead view um, to illustrate that, you have kind of like this curve, this, this beginning curve. Let's use something more dark to see that better. But it's kind of like this is where you're at in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And as you grow, you kind of like make this huge learning curve where it goes really high up. And then you're at the peak where pretty much everything goes really, really well. And so I feel for me that was 2018. Um, yeah. where I've had a lot of like projects and collaboration. I, I worked with Coca-Cola on New York Times Square. We, we did these huge projects with, um, with the airport Zurich. And then here there are other projects that went really well, like other courses that did well. But suddenly I felt after 2020 that I was kind of like at the bottom um, and, and it didn't feel great. I didn't want to be there. And, and so that part is you've experienced the high and maybe the closest that I can translate that feeling for anybody who's listening is if you just had a bonus week or like you received a bonus from your employer or you've had just one job that paid really, really well, how do you feel the next month when that doesn't come in? You mm -hmm. have this feeling like, oh man, last month was great. Like my bank account yeah. was super high. It was awesome. And I like for people who have a store, like Black Friday is also a great example. Usually Black Friday is where you've got a lot of sales, but then Black Friday is over and you realize like, oh, it plummets down to nothing. And, and so that moment to experience that, to go through that is, is hard. I, for me, it just, it's a stretch where you're like being pulled into two directions where you just need to hold that stretch for as long as possible. And that's how I got through this period was just to wait it out, not to just go into my bed and just think like, like, this is the worst thing ever. I'm never going to be able to do anything quite like this and so on. It's all over. Like I've had experienced my peak. That's not it. Like you should never do that. You should just keep on going forward. And it sounds so simple. Now, when I look back in the moment, I'm like, if we had that conversation a year ago, I would have been like, oh, you know, it's long, it's frustrating, it's just like, yeah. it feels like nothing is moving. And of course, in that moment, when you're in there, you're kind of like in a storm, it doesn't feel great. And now with a year looking back, it feels like, ah, oh, finally, I can breathe again, I can, 
I, I, I feel fresh again and I feel like I'm at the beginning of the curve where it goes up and, and that feels great. And I feel like there's so much potential in the future. Um, what I also need to remember is like, I used to get a lot of projects for lettering, but I forgot how long it takes from the moment where people see the type of work that you're doing until they start booking you. And so that takes time. It doesn't come from like, they saw a video, they're like, boom, that's exactly the person that I saw that I want to work with. It takes time until you start getting those jobs. And so I started in 2014 with lettering. My peak started in 2017, 18, and like 19. And, and so it took three years until I, I started booking those jobs that I wanted. And so with animation, I'm just telling myself like, yes, I have a big platform. Yes, I have people following me. But at the same time, I need to wait it out. Like I'm not a prodigy that just goes from one end and just like explodes and everybody wants to book that. Like it will take time and maybe like I've received the first jobs already and I'm really excited. Like I've worked with Procreate this year, which was funnily enough, it's one of my dream clients to work with. Like they're not the biggest company. They're not necessarily an Adobe in size, but they're from what they stand for, from the products that I use every day, they're the number one company. And so yeah. that just felt great. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good reminder also for me and for everyone listen, listening, like this thing of like, you you need to work through it like when you when you experience this these plateau moments mm-hmm. or these moments of or this transitioning moments um you need to work through it like to to continue doing what you're doing right and i think that's also it's important to be patient not mm-hmm. to be patient and think like okay i'm this is going to happen at some point if i continue working this is going to happen at some point but perhaps it's not going to happen right away it's going to mm-hmm happen a couple of of years from now. Now, I know that by myself that it is, it can cause a lot of anxiety and can cause cause a lot of discomfort. And I personally, you know, when I, when I had my first transition, which was, well, my first transition was big. Like I, I didn't only transition careers, uh, from being a graphic designer to uh, launching my lettering studio. I was also at the same time moving countries, like going from Argentina to Berlin. So I had, I was having a lot of transitions at the same time. And I remember at that time I didn't have so many tools, like so many tools in terms of like managing my own emotions and like my own moods. Um, And now over 13 years later, I feel that I'm more equipped with tools that I can use to like mm. calm my nervous system, like, I don't know, meditation, like right now, uh, nowadays I just use meditation on a daily basis and it has really changed the way I perceive my transitions. Mm. And I also, I, I live life in a way. Um, I feel that there has been also a growth in terms of, and I would love to hear what, what are the things that you have put in place as a creative to, to keep yourself healthy as well and your mind. But I feel that personally I have put a lot of things in place to just, um, to just keep myself healthy as a working tool in a way, mm-hmm. right? I always say that, you know, as a creative, you are your main uh, tool. Uh, mm-hmm. Because if you're not okay, you cannot uh, operate and you cannot create the work that you create. Yeah. And and I feel that over time I have become more conscious of that. Bef- before it was more about like 
putting in the hours and just working my ass off. And mm -hmm. nowadays it's more about like finding that perfect balance between like a rest and work at my high potential and then rest again so that I can go back to work at my high, high potential, right? Um, but I feel that I wish I have, would have discovered these tools earlier. Um, I think that also over time we have become or perhaps it's my perception because I'm I'm more aware of this and I'm more looking and consuming this kind of content that has to do with wellness and being and well-being and taking mm -hmm. care of yourself. But I feel that um, over time we have all become more uh, conscious about how important it is to take care of ourselves. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it has been for you in terms of like you know how you take care of yourself of your well-being of your mental health so the thing that i'd love to say is like i take care of myself i work out i i do i eat well and all of that and i'm like right now this year on the contrast to last year i has really changed like last year i worked out every single day except for one day a week so six days a week one day off and and i ate pretty healthy not just healthy but pretty healthy and this year i pretty much stopped exercising uh like i've stopped running like at the end of i'm gonna blame the end of last year but like at the end of last year um i got sick i had influenza and really mm. really terrible and it took me like a couple of weeks until i i got better and able to go back to the gym and to work out and i felt yeah. like i've lost so much energy and stamina that i kind of like laid it off and then i felt like life got too hectic i was in the process of getting married of moving of um of doing all these different things so the year has been packed like this as well But all of that is not an excuse for not working out, for not doing the exercises. And I still look back and I'm, I am thankfully gracious enough with myself to say like, hey, this is, this is not okay, but it's at the same time, like I'm not gonna beat myself up about it. But I know that working out does my physical self does really well. And, and I would probably be even more able to do more things if I did, like if I worked out more. Um, but on the other hand, um in a being in a relationship uh, being married now i have this counterpart that really well reflects my mood uh reflects how i'm doing if i'm stressed if i'm doing too much um that i can really well see it with her better than i could have seen it myself oh, yeah. like even even my That's... friends like will not reflect it as much but like i know that if i work too much i I hear about it. I, I notice, like, yeah. I don't need to notice because I'm in the office. I notice because I'm away from her and she, she notices that too. And so these type of things is, is great when you're in a relationship and where I feel like being in a relationship is, of course, hard work. Like, that's, that's another set. But at the same time, it's the best thing that has ever happened to me. And, like, so grateful for that because, because I can go home and I can relax with her. I can be there and I can just unwind. And so that has given a lot of balance and then i've had only two vacations this year like one was a short we, we got married in april uh, that was a civil wedding and so we took a couple of days off then went to mallorca but then for the the real wedding we went like for 12 days we went to mexico and yeah. that's when we had a real honeymoon 
real relaxation, all-inclusive resort, and we just got to really unwind during that time. And I realized how well or how much good it did me to, to be off for that time, not being on Instagram, not being on social media um, during this period. And, and also when I had just too much work, I didn't post on Instagram. Like I didn't push myself to, to do more than I should. And I know that a lot of people still have this, this notion and idea like, oh, I need to post every single day or I need to post three times a week. And they have this set of rules that they tell themselves and I've had that. And, and I just realized like, if you just do really good work, sounds so simple if you do really good work and you share that and of course you put in play what what like works virally then it does well even if you post it very unregularly and so i've seen it with my posts they do really really well even when i post them every three months or like the last post that i did was now almost a month ago and i'm still growing but it's it's not that i'm like i Right now, I really don't care if I'm growing on Instagram. And that's also something that's odd. Like I'm growing as much as I've never grown before and I really don't care. And it's not that I wanna be every other person and I, myself included probably a couple of years ago would have said like, what a douche, um, this guy, like I want to grow to 10K and this guy like grows 200K and he, he says like he doesn't care. Like that's not possible. Mm. And I tell you like, and I had that conversation with Ian, actually, Ian Barnard. Um, he said, like, he was probably the most excited when he hit 10K. After that, it, it felt like nothing changed. And you realize, like, whether or not I've had 500K or I've 800K doesn't change my life at all. Like, I probably, I might cross the 1 million next year or in two years or whenever. But I realize, like, it doesn't change my life. Like, I'll still, like, when that moment hits, I'll be there on my phone. I'll be, Yay! In the next moment, I'll be just like, and what now? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. And so you just either you're like, all right, I keep, keep on going. And so it's not like you finish first on a race and then everybody celebrates you. But then like the celebration is over and you go home and you st still have to sleep in your own bed. You, you're not living in a bigger, fancier house or whatever. And so there's not like nothing magical happens then that yeah. didn't happen beforehand. So... But yeah. that's that's a little bit crazy as well, no? And and I know that happens to me as well. Like I can resonate with that because in, in, in other in other areas of my life or my business, but you know, it does happen that sometimes you you strive for something and then when you accomplish it it's like, um, okay. And and then you continue on to the next thing, you know? Mm. And I'm I'm not sure that's the greatest approach, <laughs> to be honest. Like or like last year something that I tried doing more and also with with my own team is to to celebrate things and to yeah. you know even when when a certain um, thing that we did didn't go as planned or a launch didn't go as planned or um, or I don't know or we didn't make it to finish a certain project uh, as, as we wanted to um, we still or I still push myself to just find something to celebrate about it, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I feel that because I feel that af af after every, every new thing that we do, we sit down to talk about it, but it's mm -hmm. like, it's more, we are very detached from that thing. We are not so involved. We look at it, we look at the numbers, we look at, uh, we debrief a certain thing or a certain action or project that we did. And, and we are missing on that opportunity of saying like, hey, 
still that was really cool we we mm -hmm. made everything uh we we could possibly um did do and 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 we really pour ourselves into it and we were working really good as a team um mm -hmm. we were giving our best so i feel that um personally i try to strive for this approach although yeah. it, i know what you're just saying that it, it doesn't know what always happened that you have to really push yourself to appreciate right. those moments you know to when you in your case when you hit one, one million subscribers that you will say like hey that is amazing i'm gonna just take i don't know three weeks off or whatever you know because that's a big accomplishment for me um but yeah i think i think it's we need to remind ourselves uh about the things that we accomplish as well yeah. um i i love so, that my my, my wife yeah. actually she celebrates more than i do and so whenever i hit like a milestone like a like this year was 600 and 700 and every time she was like yeah let's celebrate that's awesome and i'm like oh, yeah no keep calm down it's all right like i'm not the euphoric person um that she is but she she does a great job and that helps um and i totally understand is, what you is she what working you say. is she working with you or i i think she works with you right She's helped me a lot with uh, murals, with simple projects okay, like that. Like yeah. she's studying um, full time, but yeah. uh, or part time, but still helps me sometimes um, in my business. Ah, that's cool because I I thought I saw you in a couple of pictures with someone, and I yeah. thought like, well, maybe that that is the same person that is showing up in the like wedding pictures and stuff. So yeah, yeah that's great. Um, and you know, I have a few things that came up from what you just mentioned. You, you, you opened so many windows in, in the things you were talking about uh, earlier. Um, so you mentioned you know, this thing about Instagram and how crazy it is sometimes that, um, that by not paying attention to something, it can even lead to success, uh, which I'm not sure I, uh, I support that approach. I think <laughs> you know, I'd rather go in, in the in the opposite approach, like yeah. to work consistently onto onto something to make it happen, but I it, I mean it it also happens that something that you don't pay attention to suddenly is very successful. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned you mentioned before, which got me hooked, which is like okay, w you know, when I go when I go and post on on Instagram, I try to um, you mentioned something like. I try to post something that works or know that it will go viral. Mm -hmm. So what are, what are the tips that you can give us? Give us the tips. <laughs> this is just going back quickly on your point of consistency. Um, consistency is great and you need it. I absolutely go for that. Like you need to have consistency to just keep on going. But consistency alone will not bring you anywhere that will just tell you to do the same thing over and over again but consistency with a step of improvement will get you further like otherwise you're just like on a treadmill just doing that but if you go up the stairs then that's kind of like when you see the growth and mm -hmm. so sometimes instead of just being in your tracks of doing the same thing all the time like i know that a lot of creators they have kind of like their posting schedule uh, of i post this this and this and and i see this even in agency and that actually that gets me so frustrated when I see um, mm -hmm. agencies, smaller agencies who do that for brands. 
They, they sell them like patches, social media patches, like I'll, I'll post like three, four times a week for you and we'll do like the whole content thing or like they even pr promote their work by saying like, like I get 17 pieces of content done in like two hours and I'm like, yeah. great, they're all going to suck because yeah. they don't deliver value, they don't get anyone interested and like you're not doing anything, like you're just doing content and filling up the feed for no one and so yeah so and also like you need what i always say that sorry um uh, what i always say is that you you want to you want to do something based on something that worked right you want to do something based on some information that you got from doing another thing right and i always you know something that changed the way I see social media is when I started uh, working with a social media manager, Ali, she used to give us a, a monthly report of the things that worked out. And, mm -hmm. and for me, it was like, oh, okay, that, you know, that gives you, like, give you com gives you complete feedback on what are the things that, as I said, mm -hmm. as we were mentioning before, what is the overlap between what you want to deliver and what you want to do and what the people want. And mm -hmm. once, you, and you can find that in your Instagram feed, you know, you can see clearly what are the posts that, that work best and, yeah. and, and do more of that, right? And you can apply that concept to, onto a lot of other things, right? Onto so, your life, your business, yeah. whatever. Um, so, so this is a little bit like the approach that you, uh, you strive for, right? When you, th when you think, think about like going viral, is this something that you have into account? Like the things that, that worked and do more of that? Yeah. So it's always to, to understand like there are formulas that work really well. Once you've understood a formula that works well, and you can see that if it gets views over and over again. Um, if you have one what are, what viral are those hook, formulas? Um, what are those so formulas? So there are different formulas. Like uh, one creator that I, I've gotten to know, and he has 60 million followers on, on TikTok, but he's created a format that I haven't seen many other doing, but, uh, and he didn't <laughs> understand why it's, it's working, but it's, it's a guy, he has two black, uh, uh, what do you call those gloves, gloves on his hand and he cooks. And so he uses the iPad, the back of the iPad to as a cutting board and starts cutting on those like on the back of the iPad. So he he cuts through a, a chicken uh, breast and then kind of like puts on like the the coating and then fries it and then just bites into it and so on. And so there's so many elements like he has a visual hook right at the beginning because he has a knife and the back of an iPad, two things that definitely don't mix together. Plus he has usually something that he slaps on the back of the iPad and then starts cutting right away. So the hook, the thumbnail of that is brilliant. Now for me, and I've like, like I've shared, like I've taken that from the Matthew and, and I've kind of like, if I show you the, um, here the screen. So you have kind of like the, the different, uh, like videos that I have and here for example the Rolex one you have Rolex Pringles a Mercedes car and you can see kind of like the Rolex you recognize Rolex right away but you see that there the Rolex logo is not done right and so right away you have kind of like this fury in you that says like this is not right as a graphic designer especially <laughs> you're like yeah this is terrible but you ha also have a connection to Rolex everybody knows what Rolex is 
And the funniest thing is comes actually in the comments when you go and click inside. There's one guy who posted in the comments like, great, but the theme of Rolex is something strict and luxurious. So maybe this style doesn't fit it well, uh, in my opinion. And then has like 8,000 likes, 44 replies. So people feel the same way as he does. Some people don't. So that's why it creates controversy and why people start bashing it out. That creates engagement and people being interested in the whole thing. And you see that with yeah. all these elements, like that's why I use also bigger brands to animate just to get into this thing fast. Like I get to connect with you really quickly with just the first shot because the first thing you see is this logo or this product that you know and you're like, oh, I know this. What is he going to do with that? And I try to give you a, and that's what I teach in, in my, my last session of the bootcamp, of the animation bootcamp is is in the last part is is going through the different things like first you have the hook then you have kind of like a payoff that just gives you a a short of incentive to watch the the rest of the video so i'll show you that the steps that i'm doing right now i'm not doing something random but within one second i'll show you exactly what you're going to see at the end and i'll play that back just that short minute that or second that you've seen like me transforming something that gets to be animated and you're like oh This is an animation. This guy's doing an animation. So your brain already has given you a, a little reward because one, you figured it out. You're like, oh, I got it. This guy's doing an animation. And of course, that doesn't happen the way I explain it. Like you're not going to react like this, but that happens in, inside of you in your brain. And your brain is like, ooh, that's cool. I want to see what else he's doing. And that moment on, I'm going to redo that a couple of times just to build up the anticipation of you getting the full payoff, the full animation. And in that full animation, that's the full payoff. I'm going to show you a couple of things that you didn't see before, which again, gives you more. And also because it's so short, you hopefully will go back and want to rewatch the entire thing back again to get to that point to see kind of like something you, you might have missed. And so that is kind of like a very simplified way of doing this. But then you see, like if you go back to my Instagram page, um, If I show you this, you see like, oh, these are all black backgrounds. And then back here you see, oh, there's a white background, there's a blue background, there's a yellow mm -hmm. background, another blue. People don't realize that I actually test a lot of things out. I test the duration of the videos, I test uh, the background of the videos, and I've seen like having a different color might get kind of like this stop because you're kind of like out of your tracks, but, and that's a bigger problem, your attention is not on the iPad right away, it's on the background. And so mm. to get your view directly on the element that you need to see, that's kind of the harder thing. Plus also what is also important is like the, the first post that I mentioned was this one here, the start now. Yeah. And you can see like yeah. this one has 100,000 views, sounds great, but compare that to 1.5 million, 3.8 million, 3.3, all that, there's a huge difference. And that's because just showing your work as it is created, is not as interesting. You don't understand like, like what is this? What is the point of this? Yeah. Like you don't know How? that it's animated yeah. by hand, it's been been worked on and so on. And so even if you saw my animation as is, I definitely will say as standalone, they would not perform as well as with the whole idea of creating this whole viral hook, this thing that gets built up and then being shared. It's the same thing with lettering uh, where you share your post more on a mural, like on a mock-up rather than having it just 
the final version that you've just created, just upload it on a white background. Never going to perform the same way. Hey, I've got some major brands in the works to help you not only master hand lettering, but also create a fulfilling career in lettering design. Get ready because next year I'll be supercharging my signature program, the Lettering Seminar, and I'm pretty sure it's going to establish itself as the number one program in the world for aspiring lettering artists who dream of building a career they truly love. If this resonates with you, head over to martinaflor.com slash lettering tips and sign up for my newsletter to stay in the loop. Keep in mind that I only open registrations once a year, so start wrapping your head around it now, making sure you're ready to dive in as soon as the doors swing open. So again, martinaflor.com slash lettering tips and sign up for my newsletter to stay in the loop. All right, let's get back to the show. Absolutely. I speak, well, so many notes that I have taken and I'm going to go review some of, some of the steps that you, you have shared. But of course, seeing the working context connects with people in a different way. And this applies not only to your Instagram feed, but also um, to your portfolio. Like we worked a lot inside inside the academy. We work a lot with with artists and designers that that um, build an online portfolio. And, mm -hmm. and it's... it's Oftentimes, or one of the mistakes I see most happening is that they they are like a showcase of, of nice pictures and beautiful artwork, uh, but it's hard to understand whether this was a logotype or it was a book cover or it was mm -hmm. what was it, right? Mm -hmm. And this this is the thing that really connects with an editor who is looking for someone to create a book cover or a um, I don't know a brand who is looking for someone to uh, to revamp their branding and logotype design, right? So I wanted to go back to um, to what you just mentioned. You mentioned like step number one is to have a visual hook to to what you do, right? To have that first thing that drives people attention in. Yeah. Um, for so, you, that thing is this this weird aspect or this standout aspect of of your first or your key image, right? Something is not quite right. Something. Um, Something is not as expected, and people are um, hooked in to try to fix it in a way, right? Yeah. So here you can see this uh, a lot better. It's like this yeah. first thing here is a transformation of the product, and as a designer, you automatically like that's not how you like rescale anything. But that's kind of like the idea. It's like oh, and I kind of does do a quick product reveal, and then here in the next couple of scenes, you see kind of like I'm moving the object. And I'm not showing everything, but I'm moving it pretty quickly. And then we're not past one second. And I already play this back and then go back and then zoom into the next part. And so within two seconds, the most important thing is like the hook is like the moment when you scroll down, you need to stop. You need to be able to be like, whoa, this is something I need to finish watching because your brain will tell you within two or three seconds whether you want to quick like keep on swiping or stay there and, and watch the rest. And so you need to give someone, one, that visual simulation. And it's, the hook is pretty much a YouTube thumbnail or the book cover of your book. Like if that is not exciting enough, you're not going to watch the rest of it. And so to make that really great, you need to have people look and stare at the right elements at the right time. And so that that is kind of like what magicians are so great at is kind of like sleight of hand. They know exactly where to divert your attention and be looking at the right elements. And so when we take this approach to cooking, for example, is 
I'm not going to start by standing in the frame and start talking about like, hey, this is how you do your Christmas feast. Um, because one, nobody has a connection with you. Like unless you're a very per like known person like Gordon Ramsay that people know about, they're not going to stop swiping uh, or stop scrolling because of you. So the next thing is, all right, how can I do something that will get the attention? This is why like a lot of people, and if you try to just look at the very first second of the things that you actually stop and look through the end, usually there's a slap, there's a zoom in, there's something that just like grabs your attention because it kind of like pulls you in into something. And so yeah. there's so many different ways of doing that. Got to try that out. And then... Yeah. With the recipe, it's finding out the right recipe for you. There's different recipes for different elements. Like, for example, for cooking, there are different ways of showing how to cook a recipe. There are things that you can take. There's also things that you can experiment with. But like having the, your finished plate, like slide it in at the beginning, having a beautiful shot where it just like slides in and then just like, whoa, okay. And well presented, like not just having a McDonald's meal, just like open up and just everything falling out and not looking great. That's not something you want, but that's kind of like the hook and the attention grabbing element that you want to do, which I feel like a lot of people forget. Like if before you work anything else in your content, work on the hook, like the hook is going to decide whether or not people are going to keep on watching or not. Yeah. And then once you get people to watch, then you need to start working on how you present your, your piece and how to keep them watching till the end. But that's another thing. If you cannot grab people's attention, you'll never know if people will watch till the end. For sure. That's a good point. So you have the hook, which is this two or three, sec three seconds where people stop in their trails and, and, and engage. Um, yeah. Then there's, you mentioned the, the reward where, you know, you give them a win um, so that at some point your viewer um, or your followers says like, hey, wow, that was amazing. Right. Um, and and you also mentioned the engagement, this weird factor. You you mentioned this. Um, I think in a way you 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 mean contrast, which is like showing mm -hmm. a Rolex or Rolex, the branding of Rolex um, using a, a very crafty animation style. Right. Yeah. Where you can create this engagement by people getting opinionated about it. Right. Yeah. So, so this this is called more con controversy than contrast. Um, ah, okay, controversy. Controversy creates a huge dilemma within people. Um, the most important thing when you're using controversy is to use it in a way that you're okay with. Like because I've done it. I, I did one post with lettering where I posted a picture of um, uh, Greta Thunberg um the activist mm. and so she always does these cardboard signs and then she holds yeah. those up and i was like you know what as a lettering artist it frustrates me to have these signs being written out in a terrible way let me redesign that and so i created this mock-up where it just like erased what she wrote and rewrote that in a beautiful way but i rewrote yeah. the, her same message and that one was already a mistake because I had no connection to her messaging. I was not for her nor against her. I had no opinion towards her, but that didn't stop that everyone who saw the post was like super opposed and super like pro or con. And that created a huge conflict that I was in the middle of and I started losing followers. Like I, th I think I lost about a thousand followers per minute. 
just from that one post. And so I was like, whoops, I need to take that off real quickly. Like it got a lot of engagement, but it also lost like so much like, and, and like people just, one, people didn't like the idea. Like, oh, her lettering is actually better. Like it fits more her message. Then there were people that were like, um, why are you posting something from her? Like, this is, uh, this is terrible. Like I'm leaving. And then, then there were other people who love this. Like, oh, this is funny. Great. But you see that there, it was pulling in all different directions. None of the directions that I actually wanted. And so I realized like, ah, that was a bad idea and I shouldn't have done it. Yeah. So I should have used more of a general theme. And so that's kind of like where you learn that controversy is not great. In this case with the, yeah. the, the Rolex video, I realized, Hey, this is, I'm totally fine with this. Like one, the first time I posted the video, it got 17 million views. The second time it's already at 7 million views. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? I actually really don't care if you think this is not perfect for Rolex. Like I've done the same thing for Mercedes. Other people thought like, Oh, this doesn't work. This does like this fits more Opel or Ford or something else, but not uh, Mercedes like they're classic. And so you realize that some people have a brand image of the brand that they want to mm. uphold because they feel so strong and they they identify almost with that. And and I realized like, oh, I don't actually have a problem. Like even better, you're just creating uh, content for me or engagement for me. And so sometimes I like to go into those comments and I'm like, like towards that comment that I've read before, I just replied with, why not? And then suddenly that person is coming back and going back on the post and is like trying to explain, taking time to, to really write out a thoughtful response. Great, because as he's typing in, he's still watching in the background you see the, the video is playing. And so Instagram thinks like, oh, this has got to be good. Like if he's coming back to rewatch this so, so often and to reply, like this is great. Like that's bringing people yeah. together and that's why it's getting so many more views. And so... You could think like, oh, yeah. next time I'm using more luxury items just to prove my point. <laughs> to ir irritate people. So yeah. I, I was wondering, like you, you were mentioning with this uh, Greta's uh, post that you created and, and, and you noticed that there was a lot of controversy around it. I wonder how did you deal with, with that situation? Because I can, I can imagine you behind the phone, like really stressed out and, and feeling a lot of anxiety or was we're not feeling were you not feeling anything in relation to this i can imagine mm -hmm. that this i mean personally i have had a few situations where there was some controversy and i was mm -hmm. getting some comments and it cre they created shitloads of anxiety uh, so i wonder how do you deal with that because you being more exposed on social media and having mm -hmm. that many followers on social media you must be faced with these kind of situations more often than than a normal person let's say so it really depends on what it is about like if it's something that's personal to me that i feel strong about then of mm. course that's going to 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 do something if i like um like a great example was black lives matter um mm. that's something where if you're not posting about it people will comment if you're posting about it you're doing it wrong if you're whatever you do it's the wrong thing mm. So that's kind of like a little bit more problematic. The the post that I did about Greta Thunberg, that didn't cause me anything. It was like more like a, ooh, I, I was shocked of what happened, kind of like the, uh, the outcome of it and didn't expect that. But at the same time, that's kind of like the hypothesis that I created in my brain beforehand. And I'm like, ah, oh, that didn't play out the way I thought it would. Yeah. I got to learn that. And I like, that's when I readjust. And so that's kind of like, okay. And that didn't create anxiety. It was just like, 
the time that it took me to react to that and to 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 be able to like oh you know what it's not worth it for me i'm just going to take it down like i'm not going to stand my my position just for something that i don't even believe in but when it is something that i believe in or that i feel strongly about then a backlash can definitely create more anxiety uh, and so on and so for example for my faith i will always stand strong and i'm like i don't care what people will say how people will hate Uh, like pull, pull their hate towards me and just feel different like that's like i've posted bible verses before and like people have strong opinions about the bible and and faith and so on and so i'm like well i i'm not telling you to believe like i'm sharing a quote from the bible that i feel strong about that is encouraging for me and i hope it's going to be encouraging for you and i'm not trying to preach i'm trying to just share something positive And so like be strong and courageous that's a quote from the bible it's like why am i sharing this because it encourages me primarily and as a lettering artist uh, it used to be yeah. a, like lettering that those quotes specifically were speaking very strongly to me and i'm like this is so encouraging i want to share that yes it is in the bible you don't have to accept it you can just look past it but if you don't like it just scroll through or unfollow me i don't care and and so that's kind of like where I, i can turn it off but i understand like during during these other elements like these things that happen where there's often a a demand on on influencers to 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 to, to side on a specific topic that's yeah. kind of like where i draw the line where i'm like I need to make sure like I cannot win either way and so mm -hmm. like inaction is not great action is then looked at wrong and like you, you're a white person you shouldn't be talking about this topic and so I don't want to get into this topic but this is kind of like where I feel like oh like I, I want to watch out and I want to do it carefully I don't want to do just something because I feel pressure to do it and at the same time yeah. and I feel like there is an issue that needs to be addressed like I don't want to take away from that like just think about myself that's not the point but how you do it and how you deal about it that's something we need to address and we don't need to do everything public that's also something very important yeah I, I've had a couple of situations where um, people have reached out to me because I wasn't speaking about a certain topic right and I can totally relate sometimes it's very hard to to make an opinion on something you don't know much about you 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 know that it exists you know that it happens you know that it's not fair and perhaps mm -hmm. you, you you even agree or disagree with it mm -hmm. uh, but it's just hard to uh, to make a statement in a way that makes everyone happy or also that in a way that people or you get your message uh, yeah. across right mm -hmm. and i think that personally i have approached you know when i was approached by some people to because they were questioning whether uh, why I wasn't speaking about certain topic um, I had to be really in in the very beginning I was a little bit like reacting to it like hey because I have a lot of following I don't necessarily need to speak about every topic um, but at the same time then when I could stop and think about it I thought like well I mean I can imagine that someone that is suffering a certain situation mm -hmm. may feel like the rest of the world is going along and like continuing their life and you are mm -hmm. stuck with that mm. horrible situation call that war yeah. or um i don't know unfairness in 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 a different way um so i i had i have to be i have to remind myself to be empathetic about how other people perceive 
their own reality and also how they see us continuing with our lives when they're, mm -hmm. you know, totally overwhelmed by their own context, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's really it's really hard to deal with that when you when you have a, a big online presence, right? Mm -hmm. And also, it's very hard. Um, I feel to deal with with the voices against some statement or something you believe in, like you just said. Like you, when you post something about the Bible, you have people um, telling you something, telling mm -hmm. like being for you and and agreeing with you, and people that are complaining about the fact that you preach for a certain uh, religion. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you have to also be true to yourself, you mm -hmm. know, and um, there will be people who will like you uh, and would like the way you think. There will be people who won't like you. And I think, um, I think the people who like you and agree with you and align with you, then Perhaps these are the people you really want to work with and stick around, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah, just accept the fact that not everyone would like uh, what you do. Also as an artist, not everyone yeah. would like what you do. You know, not every brand or client or audience will resonate with what you do, yeah. right? And that's totally fine because there will be people who really do, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the people you, you want to focus on. Mm -hmm. So just switching gears to, to a different topic, I was wondering if you plan for the year ahead. Do you do your yearly planning or you just go with the flow? How is it for you? Um, I usually have a rough idea of what the next year, like what I want to do or how, especially with courses and things like that, what I kind of want mm -hmm. to pursue, what I don't want to pursue. Um, like client work, I can plan but just what is coming in. And so that's kind of like more of a short-term plan. It's not something else. Um, but funnily enough, the next year, I, I want to do something crazy, in my opinion. It's, it's not something that I, like, I want to do, but I feel like it's, it's the time. And so going back to, to the Bible, in the Bible, there's, there's a command that says, like, you should plow the, the, the field for six years. You should plant seeds and plow the field for six years. But the seventh year, you should let it rest. And, and so it's not like a sabbatical where you don't work at all. But it is actually just a, a year where you let the ground rest and let that grow again. And it is agriculturally, there's actually a thing that the ground needs to, to, to just be left empty for a year to actually be more fruitful in the years to come. Mm. And, and so what I've taken from that is I want to stop, I, like I've stopped all ads on, on my accounts. I've stopped, I, I will stop promoting any courses. I will not publish or put out a new course or, or advertise a new course or even existing courses. And so for next year, I, I will put that to rest. Um, mm. And what I want to do is actually to, I'm not exactly sure exactly how it's going to look, but the idea right now as it stands is I want to invest back into the community that I started building um, and I want to to put back into it because kind of like looking back over the, the, the last post that I've done this year, all of were aimed towards like, hey, do you want to learn animation? And then I've had like a, a perfect flow, like really I, I feel like I've, I've optimized it as much as I possibly could in this year. Um, but just like from the moment where you like 
if you saw a post, an animation post that you were interested in, you could just type in the word animate. And then I had a chat flow that would come out and appear right away with like, oh, you're interested, great. Um, like here is a list or here you can sign up for the wait list if you're interested and if you like kind of like bring you all the way through and then when it was time for a new course to come out then you would get the information I had an email flow I've had like all the setup just to build that up and I feel like I've optimized it so well that at some point I'm just like hey you know what this is this is just so transactional And there's so much missing in, in that, so much human, that I just want to step back and for next year really want to let that go. And, and that means cutting off my biggest income source, like um, courses and products are about two thirds of, of what I make uh, a year. And so it is, it is frustrating on, on one hand to, to think about like, oh, I'm just cutting away that, like that alone, I could live from that alone. Um, But I want to invest in my, my own skills. I want to invest in other people. I want to, to, to share more content for free and just teach people for free, like give that away on, on Instagram um, without the goal. Like you could see it as a way like, hey, maybe that's a better way to sell your courses because people then are interested in all that. Like that's not the approach that I wanted to take. Like, trust me, yeah. I, I know kind of like both sides. And, and my approach is really like, it, it is harder to step away from that, to, 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 to let that go. And, and it feels also scary for me as a business person to say like, I'm doing this, but thankfully I, I feel like I've had a couple of good, good years uh, in the past that I've saved enough to know that, hey, I can do this without it. Um, and maybe it will open up a new door. Maybe it will do something completely different that I didn't expect but it also will probably carve out more time that I know what to do with. Um, and I don't know exactly what the, the outcome of this will be, but it's going to be interesting. And so I will probably start pitching again more next year. I'll probably do other couple of things more next year. And, and I want to do more client work. So, so I, I want to get into that more, um, but at the same time, I always like to do something on the side. And so I don't know exactly what this is going to be. That's so interesting, you know, like I can totally resonate with that because um, I feel that sometimes the less or the counterintuitive decisions are the ones that um, work the best. Um, and I feel that, you know, I've, I've gone through the same process in the past years of building and autom automizing a lot of systems and, and processes inside my business. And so a lot of the things that we, um, that we sell and that we offer our students, they, many of them run in the backend or mm -hmm. um, run on their own. And this year, um, I do plan for the year ahead. I'm, I'm kind of a nerd in every possible aspect. So I have my checklist, I have my, you know, I have my systems to plan for the year ahead. And by the way, you can download my checklist for uh, planning for a kick-ass year on martinaflor.com slash plan. This is actually the, one that I use uh, to plan for a kick-ass year. Um, and, and this year I said to, to my team, hey, you know what, I want to, um, for instance, there's one of our programs, which is our signature program. It's called the Lettering Seminar. And, and we is the, you know, the, 
the program where we see more people coming into our world and um, and it also runs in a, in a lot of different um, uh, ways so it, mm. it, 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 um, it is um, it works on an evergreen uh, uh, funnel let's say mm -hmm. so people can sign up throughout the year and we also do a couple of launches throughout the year and this year I said like no we're gonna close the program. We're gonna open it just once, and it's gonna be the best program in the world. So that when we uh, when we launch it, when we do it once, it's gonna be amazing for us, for mm -hmm. our students. Um, and and I know that my team said like, well, but but really, are we gonna do that? It's kind of like the biggest chunk of our income as a as a as a company mm. and i feel that sometimes you have to do this very bold moves in order to yeah. see some change and also some change in the energy in which you run your business right mm. i feel that um Oftentimes, when you automatize a lot of things, when you when you systematize a lot of things, of course, you gain a lot of time back. And I I'm, I really preach for systematizing mm -hmm. and automatizing things in in your business, even if you're a solopreneur or freelancer. Uh, but sometimes it does take this excitement out of the yeah. of the thing, right? Because you're not no longer involved in making that happen, you're mm. more like you know someone else is doing that for you. So, um, so I can totally relate to that to that uh, approach. So you're gonna really like close a lot of the things that you're doing in your business. That's that's very interesting. I'm looking forward to see how that uh, comes up for you and. I'm surely gonna invite you next year to the podcast to see how how this experiment worked out for you. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm so, excited to see that too. So I'm not gonna close the courses. Like people can still yeah. buy the courses, and I'll still like mm -hmm. try to to make them as awesome as possible. Um, but I I'm just not gonna be talking about them. Like you'll find the links online, but I've even like turned off the email sequences. So if you want to try out my course. You don't have to sign up for an email anymore. You can just yeah. click and you'll be directed right away to the free parts. And yeah. and so that's kind of like, I, I'm removing the, the entry barrier to everything yeah, and just make it friction, as, yeah. Yeah, frictionless. Yeah, that's awesome. So I would love to do something with you. Like uh, last uh, weekend, I had a couple of friends over and we, we did a round of, um, of telling about the three, three good things that happened this year. And I would love to do that with you. Would you like to start? Yeah. You just have to tell us if three good things that happened this year that were the well, highlights for you. Highlight number one, getting married in Italy. Um, uh, yeah. That probably nothing's gonna come close to that. Yeah. So your turn. <laughs> oh, um, so I, turned into a company, actually. Um, I, I always uh, operated as a freelancer. And um, and as my team continues to grow and we are, you know, we are more people than just myself, um, I started feeling that, that, you know, I needed to create a bigger container for everybody to feel that they were working for something that is yeah. bigger than myself. Because yeah. oftentimes I felt that because my name was on everything uh, and my name continues to be part of our branding and part of like the way we, we market ourselves uh, to the world.
but I felt like, hey, you know, we need to create something that is bigger. Um, mm -hmm. And even if, if we are using my name as a tool to market ourselves, um, the container is bigger than, than just Martina. So um, that was a big step for me. Uh, also, as a, you know, I started here as a, an expat coming to Berlin, not even speaking the language, uh, opening my, uh, my lettering studio out of, mm -hmm. uh, you know, out of nothing um, and being able to like over 13 years later to have a, a German company that hopefully I can also then later pass on to my kids. You know, that these are the, the, the expectations that are in my mind, not that I want them to necessarily pursue the the world of lettering if they mm -hmm. want then great uh but it just makes me feel like i rock you know like i, I created this big that is bigger than myself That's and awesome. i can pass it on to to yeah later generations so yeah this is so sad that so we only get to this this conversation right now because now it's getting interesting where i feel like this is something this is probably one of the questions whenever someone talks to me about like, hey, I'm beginning of my career, I'm starting out. I always tell them, think about these two things, personal brand or a company. And mm. these are the two things I wish somebody told me because whatever you build on your personal brand is going to be hard to make this into a company. It is possible. I've seen it being done and I'm very curious to hear about like how you are expanding that, but I've, I've encountered the same problem as you did, where at some point it's like, can you give other people work to do and like, how do you grow that? And depending on how you built it, is that even possible? So uh, we're running out of time where we, I, I wish we could have that conversation next next week and, yeah. and, and keep on going. We are gonna have it next year. So let's put that on our yearly plan. So you Definitely. go with the second, with the second right. good thing that happened this year. A second good thing that happened this year, uh, I would say it's it's learning animation and teaching mm -hmm. at the same time. It's really, it's it's so much fun. It's so like creatively demanding, and especially because I had to stop thinking about in like you usually see things in a still frame, but now I suddenly have to to really push my thinking into motion to see things moving and kind of like developing like this, and so that requires now the another processing power that I hadn't or oh, yeah. didn't have as much and so it's it's fun to to push myself further to try out things and especially um, to expand my horizon creatively like I'm getting in touch with film directors with with people so in good. different spheres that I've never had before and like opening up conversation with people like I, I had these conversations with lettering artists so like with so many people out of the lettering artist community um, like that alone was really great, but now it's opening up to a whole new set of creatives, which are also yeah. all in their own rights, like so interesting, so captivating. So like I can learn so much from them and I'm, I feel like a beginner at the same time as I'm also teaching, which is very weird, but, but being able to, to, to do both of these same things at the same time, trying to learn like get everything like a sponge, like really absorb everything that you can. And then, and then also just give it away right away. Um, and, and to teach whatever I can, but I've always learned that teaching other people also pushes myself because like I see now other people doing the same thing that I do. They get also thousands of views on their videos and I'm like, Whoa, like if they keep on going awesome. like this, they, they'll catch up. And so that is also a way to push myself because otherwise 
I feel like, oh, I could just keep on doing this and that's okay. But like teaching other people always pushes my own limit. Oh, that's so good. Yes, just as a side note, I, you know, one of the highlights of, of my year are when I, um, when I run these focus groups with my students. Um, and normally we run these focus groups also to understand how we can improve some things, um, some of the things that we do, but also perhaps we record a, an alumni huddle and then we, we show this uh, alumni, alumni roundtable to, to potential students that want to join our mm -hmm. coaching program, for instance. And this is such a beautiful moment because I see them like rocking and I see them like super empowered and I feel like, oh my God, I was a little, like a tiny part of that, of that transformation, you know, like I, I saw them like coming into one of the programs, um, they kind of shy and, 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 and low in self-confidence and then see them out in the world, like kind of rocking it that's mm -hmm. so good and in your case it's like seeing them getting thousands of views on a video that you that you taught them how to do it that's such a great reward about, about yeah. teaching so yeah that's great so my second good thing that happened this year is a tough one I survived the car accident actually wow um yeah I had I had a and this is the first time that I'm telling this publicly, but I had a, around June, I had a, 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 I was involved in a very hard car accident, actually a, a car uh, just crossed lanes and came straight at me. I was luckily alone and um, I, you know, I could step out of the car on my own. I had just a broken arm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was such a crazy, experience to have mm -hmm. and also a lot of you know you you have a lot of mixed feelings after that of course the shock of an accident but also you gain a lot of appreciation and that brings me back to some of the things we were speaking about before about how important it is to appreciate things and I think that these situations really confront you with what you really have and I remember mm -hmm. that at that time I was so appreciative of like so good to have my husband next to me and it's so good to have my team that supports me throughout this mm -hmm. this situation and it's it like it just gave me a lot of aha moments in terms of like and it's so good to you know being able to wake up and and having to um to go back to work because you know life continues mm -hmm. um and do it for something that i really believe in because i couldn't mm -hmm. imagine doing that and going back to a job that I hate and that I despise. So that, you know, a situation that was on paper really negative, it just gave me a lot of like learnings, you know? Yeah. Uh, so good for me for surviving that car accident. Now back to you. What is your third uh, good thing that happened? Hey, this, this is huge. Surviving car crash like that, like I- Oh yeah. While I still had my learning permit for, for driving, I, I got into, into a crash and, and oh. it was a minor crash. Like I just bumped another car on the highway, but that felt crazy. And so like in a collision thing, I don't even want to know how that feels like. So it's crazy. Yeah. I'm glad you're, you I mean, survived of course, and you're still here. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, of course, and it's crazy because that that same week I was opening registrations for my uh, coaching program, which happens only once a year. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I just stood up, I put myself together, together and I, I run the, the webinar that opens registrations. Mm -hmm. 
And I have to say that I killed it. It was a, one of the best webinars I ever, I ever taught. And, wow. and this is what I mean with like, I was so grateful of like having to carry on with a life that I really love because otherwise I don't know how I would have done it, you know? And, um, yeah, that was, you know, one of these negative events that have a lot of positive aha moments for you. Of course, then I, I, I understand the seriousness of a, of a, of a car crash and I, I immediately look for help for someone to help me process the, yeah. the, the incident and everything. Like I'm not trying to like just put it aside and say that everything's okay. But, um, but it's still like, yeah, I had a lot of like aha moments from that, from that one incident. Wow. So back to you. What is your third good thing that happened this year? So now I think I will have to pack a couple of things in, in that third thing. Um, one is, is just successful year. I think every year where you can finish with a, a positive, uh, like making profits with your company beyond just paying your salary, like, um, that's a huge win. And, and for me, that's, that's always like something that I'm extremely thankful for. Um, yeah. Moving in, like part of getting married is of course moving in with, with, with your loved one and with your wife. And so creating that home, we we're so lucky with the home that we have. That's such a nice place and I love getting back there. And, yeah. but the one thing also that, that I want to put into that third category is it's a special thing because it, it's weird for me that I, I would consider that as a special moment or like something I'm very thankful for, but I, I talked about the, the, the time after I, I got back from my honeymoon, I had a break and I just looked at the last three months of the year um, and I looked at, all right, what do I want to put into that time? And so I create like these lists of options, like I've had client work, I had two huge projects, a third one that came in and then learning a brand new app, Procreate Dreams, um, then launching another boot camp, but then also uh, promoting that boot camp, and finally, like adding on top of that all these elements, and finally just like to promote it, trying out something new with a challenge. And so I put all of that into that basket as like either that or like the easier way without the stress, like just doing my client work, couple of projects, and that is already enough. And and I decided to go with the full thing and I realized like it's going to take a lot of work to get that and so I had like two weeks where I was working super hard where without actually setting an alarm clock I woke up at 5 a.m. was in the office at 5 30 wow. and and these days like like friends some friends I had were worried that like you're working too much my wife also said like hey you're waking up so early because you're stressed and that's kind of like a normal reaction to that I'm like no, I'm actually so excited to go back to work. And so that's what I'm so thankful for is having this, this energy, this, this excitement to go back to work, to be not like, like you said, kind of like, oh, this frustrated, this job that you hate, but having this joy again. And I, I, I told my friends that this is something very special. I haven't had this in a very long time and I feel so alive and I feel so excited to go back to work. And that's so good. And that's for me, it's, it's, it's so great. So looking back at a, at a positive year, a year that is was filled with something brand new and still being able to to teach something brand new. Like I, I hit the record of how much um, 
revenue we made with the courses this year and so again like that also just like whoa like even better than the years before like every year just been growing on on, on teachable and, and it's been great on that end but that's not all that it's all about and so i'm very thankful for a crazy 2023 i didn't and the craziest thing was at the beginning of 2023 i didn't see animation coming i i didn't expect that i was like I was drawing a blank of what could I teach in that year and just to see that that unfolded is something I'm extremely thankful for and it's not like it's not just luck that I would say like it that something came along like I, I feel there's something bigger in there but yeah really really thankful. That's so good like you 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 were surprised by by a year unfolding in a totally unexpected way. Yeah. That's so good. So what is your like, third point? Lastly, Lastly, I would like to mention my five-year-old. He changed kindergarten this year. Yeah. And I was I was super um, I was a little bit nervous about this because he's five year old five years old and and I thought like well he had already his group of friends and everything and he switched to another um, kindergarten and the reason why we changed him is that the previous kindergarten he was in was really dysfunctional like they were. Um, you know, they were closing often, um, that, you know, they didn't have enough teachers and, and like, there were a lot of things that were not mm. working right. And when at some point we'd said like, Hey, we, we hold it for a long time, like for one or two years, even though the kindergarten was really far from, from the place where we live right now. And then we said like, Hey, let's, let's, let's try it out. Let's try to find a new place. And as we found this new place, and this was a, also a huge learning for me this year is like, it was it was from like really day and night, you know, mm. I, we realized like it is crazy how much things can change also for your kid when you change something that you believe is not completely right. Because oftentimes we see things that are not quite working, but we let them sit and and then you gain like you you collect all this this negative energy around it uh you're not completely happy about it uh you're not completely you don't completely hate it but it's mm. like this middle point that is like mm, i'm not sure and i think that oftentimes making that change or taking that plunge it leads to something uh positive and yeah. you know behind that you know making that step uh you have a completely new world and it, it, for us it was this this new experience for our kid but also for us as parents we we were not hustling anymore with picking up the kid or uh, keeping him at home um at you know during crazy working times and stuff mm -hmm. so that was a big um a big change that we did and also that was a successful one so wow so that was a great year, uh, I think, for both of us. Uh, I am so happy that we got to uh, hang out at the end of 2023. Yeah. Uh, I would love to have a conversation in 2024 to see how things went, uh, to see how to pick up on all of these uh, changes that we are both doing on, on our right, sites yeah. and, and, and report back to the audience and the listeners on how, how this bowl changes. Uh, yeah. came along and and what were the results right yeah uh Steph, do you want to say something else to those listening something for the new year Oof. i love i love those moments um i gave a talk in mexico um 
right after my honeymoon, I got the opportunity to to do a workshop uh, in in a university in Mexico, and I got to talk to the the students, and I realized like I I usually talked about create something today, even if it sucks. Like this this energy of like doing something consistently, um, mm. even if it's not going to be perfect. But at that time, I felt like there's something new coming, and one of the things that that popped up is this question that we often get asked very early on, who do you want to become? Who do you want to be? Mm. And, mm. and it's crazy when you think about that, it's, it's, we always strive for an answer that is definitive, that is kind of like, this is the person I want to become. I want to become an astronaut and that's kind of going to be the trajectory of my life. Like even if you look at astronauts, like they were astronauts for a brief season, but afterwards they, they become like professors or they became consultants in all these different areas. So they never just been that, like even soccer players, they had a huge career and afterwards they become broadcasters, they presenters, all the different things. And I like this thinking of like this hard question that you rarely have an answer for, and especially going into 2024 where you're like, oh, what do I want to make of this year? Like, hey, hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do in 2023 going in, and I'm still not sure what's going to happen next year. And so I feel it's okay. Like the idea is not to have a clear destination. Like, yes, a goal is great to know kind of like what direction you want to walk in, but... Hmm. You don't necessarily need to have your life planned out. You don't need to know that you're going to be a lettering artist and that's going to be your thing or a photographer. But sometimes it's just like, hey, why not try a new skill next year? Why not try this next thing that you've always been putting off and just like thinking you need that? And sometimes you have an idea of preconcept, uh, like a preconcept um, idea of what you want to do or need to do to get there like for example you want to become a lettering artist like oh i need to to study that or i need to take these courses like yes that might help that might actually accelerate something but at the same time you just need to start and that goes back to this create something today even if it sucks like it doesn't have to be perfect try it out like i got started with the first one and i look back on the first piece that i created i'm like yeah it's it's not perfect like there's so much that i can improve and i draw back from a lot of skills that i've learned over the year and so that's why I keep on growing even further, but going back to that first initial questions, who do you want to be growing up or next year or like for the next 10 years, give yourself more room. You don't have to have a definitive answer right now. You can figure this out as you go and just keep on going, like keep on exploring, be curious and find out what you are interested in. And if you're listening to this podcast, this means that you're probably interested in something and so explore that, explore different styles, explore different ideas, just so you know and you have a better idea of what you want to do. And if it's not that anymore, that's okay. Move on to the next. Yeah, you, you will only find out by, by taking action, by, by getting started, right? Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Where can people find you, Leslie? Well, currently, everywhere. No, <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> on... I'm probably most active on Instagram. Um, if they want to email me, they can also just write me an email. They'll find that. What's your email. Instagram? Is Stefan Kunz? Yeah, um, S T E F A N K U N Z. Um, perfect. And and you have everywhere. your YouTube channel, right? You, YouTube channel, exactly. 
you'll find things everywhere a little bit. I'm still reworking. Maybe next year I have time to rework on my to do some work on my website to represent more of what I'm doing right now than I used to, and it's going to be an interesting year. Yeah. It's a process. It's a process. Exactly. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you so Martina. much, everybody, for listening, for being in the podcast all along. And I will see you next year. On, we are going to get started in, during January. So we're going to take a small break and then come back with more interviews like this one with Stefan Kunz and with more content and strategies and tactics for growing your practice as a lettering artist and illustrator. I am so grateful for you listening to this podcast and I'm looking forward to spend next year, 2024, with you. Have a great new year and see you on 2024. Bye-bye. So this is it. I hope you loved this episode. You can find me, the host of the show, on social networks at Martina Flor on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you have a question or comments, go to martinaflor.com slash podcast, where you can see previous episodes, find show notes, and send voice memos with your comments and questions. You can also watch these episodes on YouTube. Just go to martinaflor.com slash YouTube to find them. You can, of course, listen to all our episodes on your favorite podcast platform. If you loved this episode, subscribe to this podcast. And if you leave us a review, it will help others find us. Thank you all for listening and see you in the next episode of Martina Flores Open Studio. Bye-bye.